Amen. Thank you guys for leading us. Would you pray with me real quick? Father, I thank you so much for this morning, and I uh, thank you for worship. I thank you for being able to be here and, uh, and just with our brothers and sisters in Christ and just uh, pursue you with everything that we have. Lord, I know we're all in different spaces right now and different levels of stress and different, uh, uh, different spots in life, but God, you, uh, you unify us with your son Jesus, and I pray that just this morning, uh, during this time, that we would be able to uh, just listen to what you have for us. And uh, just help me as I uh, bring the message, God, that you would help us to look at your passage, your scripture, with, with eyes that are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Blake Arrington. Uh, and I, I wanted to say, too, that I, I love it when we, uh, when we raise those shades at the last song. Like, I just love how it fills the room with light and uh, it gets me pumped. And so, and I know that there are volunteers that have to push a button somewhere. And so wherever you guys are, thank you for doing that. That really enhances <laughs> my uh, just excitement for uh, the message and, and our worship. So um, that's good stuff. Well, I still kind of feel like the new guy. Um, we've been here since May of, of last year. And uh, my wife, Shauna, and our kids, we've got four kids and um, just have loved being a part of the South Spring family. Uh, and these last several weeks, we've been talking about our uh, mission statement, and we've been talking about the three pillars of our church. Uh, and we do that, uh, Chris, I don't know, because Chris told me that we do this every year. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning, and, uh, and then the rest of the year we, we teach exegetically. So we do go through verse by verse and explain scripture, uh, and we've just left uh, 1 Samuel uh, to jump into the new year with our pillars. Um, so if you're visiting with us and you're like, man, I'm looking for an exegetical church. What are we doing here? This is topical. I don't want this. And, you know, just know that we're getting back to exegetical very soon. But I love that we do this because it helps unify us and in, to knowing what our mission and what our vision is and what we do here at South Spring. And so the three pillars are uh, devotion, which we talked about two weeks ago. And then we talk about uh, hospitality and how we can be a part of bringing people into God's family uh, just by the way that we treat others. And, and then this week we're talking about discipleship. And discipleship is particularly exciting to me. I'm passionate about it, and uh, that's why kind of I have this job here, I think. So, uh, but I, I love teaching, uh, teaching us how to engage others and uh, and making disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna we're gonna go. We're starting in Genesis this morning, guys, and we're gonna go all the way through to Revelation. So buckle up. It's gonna get serious. Um, so. And, and the thing is, I want to make discipleship kind of um, accessible uh, to all of us. I want it to not seem like overwhelming and, and like, man, I can't do that. That's not, that's not me. That God's not really calling me. I don't have the gift of discipleship. Um, I want us to think towards, man, this is what we were made for. And so God is going to invest in me and give me the tools that I need to make disciples. And so, God, how are you doing that in my life? And how can I join you in that work? So, um, and, and it's, we're going to try to make it as, uh, yeah, accessible and not intimidating to you as best we can. Uh, but there are a lot of ways our church does it, and it's really good. So, I wasn't kidding. Here we go. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it says, uh, so God saw that all, God saw all that he had made, everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. 
That was right after he created man and woman. He said, okay, now it's complete. Very good. But then um, God had said, uh, as he created man and woman, uh, or excuse me, as he created man, when he created man, there was one thing that wasn't good, right? Do you remember what he said? He said, it's not good that man be alone. And so he created uh, man for community. He, he created Eve. And uh, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. And so they were created good. And they were created in God's image to live with God forever. Um, one fun thing to talk about when we talk about discipleship is, uh, do you know what the first command that God, that we, we have recorded in Scripture? This is trivia. Do you, what's the first command God gave man um, when he created them? So uh, I always thought it was don't eat the tree, right? But really the first command he gives is in 128. It says, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And so go forth and take the image of God that you have and spread it to the earth, like go all over the earth with my image, uh, and so multiply, go and multiply, fill the earth. And so we know that that's like, okay, so go and have, have lots of babies. So that's what we're really here to talk about, is go and have lots of babies this morning. No, that's not, that's not it. We're going, we're going on. But um, he wants us to multiply and take that image of God. But that was to have physical children. Then, another trivia question is, what was Jesus' last command to man after he um, was resurrected and he's about to ascend to the Father? What's the last command? He's got his disciples there, and he's like, okay, guys, here it is. Here we go. Um, I, I got to go in just a second. I'm about to go, but I got to tell you this. Um, that's in Matthew 28. The last command Jesus gives to us um, while he's on earth is, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you to the end of the age. Oh, so good. So it's, it's, it's like God's got his, or Jesus has his guys together, right? These are untrained men. These are regular people. These are not like... Uh, professional pastors, but these are just men who've had an encounter with God through Jesus. And so they've had an encounter with Jesus. And, and, um, and so they're, uh, they are all of the eggs in one basket to share the gospel, to share the message of hope of Jesus with the world. Okay, so this is it. These are, the, these are the men. And he's telling them, hey, it's up to you. Go and multiply. Take the image of God that I've given you, and, and also the Holy Spirit that's about to come. Take that, and we're going to spread that around to the whole earth. The whole earth's got to hear. It's up to you guys. Uh, it's up to you men and women that are here. And so it's pretty cool to think about that because it worked, Right? Discipleship worked like the multiplication happened because here we are, you and I, because somebody shared with us, someone expressed the gospel to us. That's good stuff. So how do we do that? How do we make disciples? How do you and I make disciples? Well, one of the ways we do it is we got to change a noun into a verb, right? We got to change the noun disciple, which means learner. So if there's a learner, there's a teacher. We got to change that, that word disciple into a, uh, into a verb. We got to disciple people, right? We gotta, we gotta teach, we gotta uh, learner them. We're gonna learner them. We're gonna, we're gonna school them, right? Or, or uh, 
uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna I'm gonna school you. So my kids uh, the other day, we were we were talking and they were like, uh, I, I came in and they were like, hey, I just like the vibe in this, this this space. I love the vibe in here. And I was like, what? What? Okay, great. Came in the next day. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they said nothing. We're just vibing. And. I mean, what, I don't know what's happening, but we're changing a noun into a verb. We do it all the time. You guys, that's just an example. All right. Well, to become a disciple, we have to have an encounter with God. To, to, we have to encounter Jesus. We have to know who he is. And we have to know um, like, like what, what he has called us to do um, and, and who God is. So uh, to become a disciple, maybe we become a believer in Jesus through his word, through the preaching of the word. Uh, maybe someone's living out their faith and they're teaching us or they're telling us about the gospel. Uh, maybe, um, maybe they're, they're living, teaching, and telling us the gospel that we might encounter the living God, right? That all might encounter. That's our mission statement. Sound familiar? If it doesn't, we'll do better. We're going we're gonna to talk about it more. No. Um, so when I think about discipleship, when I think about um, my salvation, when I think about God saving me and how he, he does it, I think of um, like a hobby that I, I've had in the past, not as much anymore because it's, as my daughter says, that's a lot of work, but um, I think about cast iron skillets. I love cast iron skillets. I love a good skillet and I have a special brand that I look for. I love going to flea markets and, and antique sh stores and like digging down to the bottom and finding the old crusty ones that are just covered in gunk and they're nasty and uh, they're a couple bucks because they think, oh, that's unsavable. That's, you can't rescue that. It's, it's ruined. Um, and so I have a picture of that, um, of, these, of this junky one that I, that I got. And it's actually this one right here um, that we'll put up on the screen any second now. But um, <laughs> it was so covered, it was so covered in goo and junk and stuff that uh, you couldn't read the logo on the back. And I, the Griswold logo is the one I like. And so I couldn't tell if that's what it was or not when I bought it for a few dollars. But then I put it in a lye bath. Now, if you don't know what lye is, lye is this, it's, it strips everything off, including your skin, like cartoon. You pull out a skeleton hand if you put your hand in that bucket. But it takes all the gunk and the junk off. And then I followed it up with steel wool and, and all this stuff and um, really get it down to the bare iron. That, that's the picture on the right. That's the bare iron. Many of you didn't know that cast iron skillets are that color naturally. Did you know that? This is yes, this is no. Okay, so like that's what they look like without seasoning. So when they say they're pre-seasoned, if they came not seasoned, they would be rusty. And you'd be like, I'm not buying that. So they pre-seasoned them for you. Um, but that's the bare iron. That's how it was created. Um, and, and even now, just as I pulled it out of the lye bath, I got it all cleaned off. It's got that yellow tint. And that yellow tint is already the environment attacking it. And, and it's called flash rust. It happens very quickly. So it has to be protected and seasoned. Um, and then the next photo that I have is a couple of pans that I just finished seasoning and, and they're ready to go. And, and this one's at number four there at the bottom. Um, but you see it's, it's like it's in good shape. It's ready to go. It's been seasoned and can be used to make great eggs, right? Uh, and so... Um, it, it, it feels a little bit like my salvation and my discipleship because um, when, when God came to me, you know, I was covered in junk 
and I was covered in the world, and I was covered in all of the attacks and all the damage, and I was at the bottom of the pan, and nobody thought I was, or at the bottom of the box, and nobody thought I was savable, right? And so, um, but God looked down, and he said, no, I see value, and I, I'm going to rescue you out of that, and I'm going to strip away um, all of that junk that is on you, and I'm going to make you new, and I'm going to make you um, useful again uh, in my hand. And so he really, um, there, are, there are still little scratches, and there's little scars in here on the, on the pan, but I like to call it, a, it's a glassy surface, and that's what you want. You want a non-stick glassy surface, but there's still scratches in there, but, but I have, uh, as I've seasoned it, I've covered those things to where you can't tell. And it is very useful and very good, and it's like brand new. And so that's kind of what God does with us as he rescues us, and he cleans up those scars and makes us useful. So you may think, man, I'm not worth anything or good. Well, I'm here to tell you that's what God's all about. He's taking old things, and he makes them like brand new. It's a brand new pan. This is like 60 years old. It's like young. Am I right, people? Right? Okay, so... It's 120 years, no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's what God is in the business of doing. He takes, he takes damaged goods, broken goods, and makes them new and useful in his hands. And we get to be a part of that process. And so um, here at, at South Spring, we've got three verses that we, we talk about when we define discipleship, when we define it. And, and uh, the first one is Matthew 10, 24 and 25. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. It's enough. So right there we see the learner and we see the teacher. So the teacher is teaching the learner about how to follow Christ. And, and then that learner, that disciple, is going to become like them. And so they're observing and watching and they're... they're uh, um, being a part of that ministry with that, um, with that teacher. Then 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, imitate me. This is Paul talking to uh, the church at Corinth. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So we all have, I hope that we all have people in our lives that we look to and we're like, man, I want my spiritual walk to be a little bit like theirs. I want it to be a little bit like theirs. Um, and and we, they can see Jesus, like Chris says, like my friend can see Jesus. I can't see Jesus, but I can see my friend, so I'm going to follow him as he imitates Christ. I'm going to do what he does. He turns that way. Oh, Jesus must be going that way. I'm going to go that way too. Um, when I read those two verses, one of the things I think about is, so if I'm going to be a disciple maker, which is what I'm called to, which is what Jesus said, the last command before he left, if I'm going to be a disciple maker, okay, okay, I got to be careful. How do I do that? Because um, what am I like? And do I want to make a bunch of little me's behind me? No offense, kids. I'm sorry. But if, you know, is that, is, do I want everybody to be like me? And, and so that's like a self-reflection question um, because I want to pursue the Lord. I want to, I want to, um, I know that God is good and I know that um, he has a plan and I know that his plan is better. So I want to lead in that way. Um, and so before we get to the, the game changer verse, do you know who the best disciple maker of our generation is? You. Tube. <laughs> right? I mean, if I need to learn something 
I'm going to go to YouTube. If I want to learn a skill or a talent or a gift, I got to learn something. I got to get on there and find out what, what I want to do. Then I'm going to go, I'm going to go find the experts on YouTube who are like 16 and they've, they're making tons of money on making these videos and I'm watching them because anyway, um, so yeah, I go and I watch it over and over and I watch the process and I, I scrub back and scrub forward, scrub back and watch, watch the, how do they hammer that nail? How do they screw that in? Can the dryer part come out this way? You know, I'm, you know, that's discipleship. I mean, we're learning from a teacher, right? So that's a, another side warning, but like someone's discipling our kids. Who, you know, who is that? Um, but no, rea- reality, like the, the best disciple makers are you and I. I mean, we're, we're here, like, we're, we're trying to pursue the Lord, we're learning, let's, let's learn together on how to do that well. So the game changer verse is 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, and that is uh, Paul speaking to Timothy, his true child in the faith, and he says to Timothy, he's like, okay, don't just make disciples, don't just make, don't just tell people about Jesus. He says, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men and women, who will be able to teach others also. So don't just tell people about Jesus, but tell people about Jesus, tell them how to follow him, and then tell them, hey, you got to tell others too. You know, it goes back to that be fruitful and multiply. Well, like if I just tell one person, that's addition. We want multiplication. I want to tell that one person, hey, it's your responsibility now. I'm transferring that over to you. And so then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to invest and we're going to we're going to see the gospel spread. That's how we reach the world, is through that. All right, so I wanted to give you a couple of examples, a few examples of discipleship that we see in the Bible, just relational discipleship that we see. And in uh, Titus 2, it says, older women are to train younger women. Second Timothy 2, Paul trained Timothy to train others, to train others. Ephesians 6, fathers, train your children. And, and we saw a good example of that up here, too, because it was cool. We, I don't know if y'all noticed, there were two father-son duos up here, um, Hiram and then Jeff. Uh, they had their boys up here leading worship with them. That was cool. Um, so they're teaching their boys about worship and how to do that. Um, Matthew 28, missionaries and you and me um, are to teach the nations everything that Jesus commanded. Hebrews 3, that Christians are to exhort each other, encourage each other every day to avoid sin, and to stir each other up to love and good works. 1 Peter 4, all Christians are to use their gifts to serve others. Acts 18, 24 through 26, Priscilla and Aquila, um, man, they explain the way of God to Apollos more clearly. I mean, and more and more and more. And each time this discipleship happens, it's understood that we train them to train others, right? It's like this little tiny tweak that if we make to our discipleship process, like more people will hear about Jesus. More people will come to know him. All right, so let's dig into uh, really the, the verse I wanted to get to. Turn in your Bibles if you have them or swipe in your digital device. Uh, Colossians 1, 28 through 29. And I just realized, uh, first service, that I have a different version, so I'm going to like adjust, and I'm going to read from the screen. Um, here we go. It says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For, I, for this I toil, struggling with all His energy, 
that he powerfully works within me. So let's, let's, let's pull that apart real quick. So what's the message? So we've got the message, we've got the method, the goal, the cost, and where does the strength come from? So the message is we proclaim him. We proclaim him. So we share the gospel and we, we, we tell who Jesus is, right? We don't keep silent. We don't be quiet. And then the method, how do we do this? Well, we do this by warning the, our brothers and sisters, avoid sin, um, pursue the Lord, be careful. Um, and then we also teach them all that Christ has commanded with wisdom. And it's, it's not just go to church on Sunday. It's not just, um, just come and soak and then like leave and then come back and do it again next week. No, we have to take this message. This is the, the message that we have, have been entrusted with. So then what's the goal? Why are we doing that? Why are we taking this message? Why is it important that we proclaim him? The goal is to present everyone mature in Christ. So we want, to make, we want to take baby Christians and we want them to be adult Christians. We want to take people who've just accepted Christ and we want to layer them, like help layer them with, with layers of seasoning and, and that they know Christ and know more about God and, so that they are uh, stronger and ready to be used by God. So the more that you use a cast iron pan, the, more, like the seasoning builds up and it becomes even more nonstick, more glassy, better, like better for use, tastes better, um, and it's just, it's just all around a, a better uh, tool for our use, for his use. And so discipleship is that layering on little by little. It's not, if you, you can try to season it all at once, it just doesn't work the same. There's no shortcut. So it takes time. All right, so what's the cost? Okay, so the goal is not, uh, not to just to get to heaven, but to present everyone mature in Christ. Um, so sometimes when I, when, I, when I am meeting people and talking to them and hearing their stories, like I'm, I want to know where they are in their walk with Jesus and how can we take that next step of obedience with them. Um, all right, so the cost. He says, uh, for this I toil and struggle this I toil and struggle. I don't know if you thought discipleship was going to be like get on an escalator and just ride, you know, ride till you get to the top or what. But no, there's a, there's a little bit of effort that is needed, right? We don't just get on the, the, the church ride, the Christian ride, and then ride it out. No, there's like there's some effort that God calls us to. And he wants us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's just like being a part of what he has for us. Uh, and it's a, it's a joy. It should be a joy because he has dug us out of the box, like stripped us down and remade us into new creations. Yahoo! Um, all right, so this I labor and strive for, and it's not us seeking a comfortable ride, right? We want to put some effort forth. Then the strength, the last one that gives me hope, <laughs> it gives me hope because I'm like, man, I don't, can I make disciples? I don't know if you're thinking about like, Blake, this is, this is not my spiritual gift. I don't know, I don't know if I can make disciples or, or whatever. This is, I mean, this is our joy. This is our calling. Um, and, and the strength comes from Jesus. It says with his strength that works powerfully in me, his energy, Jesus energy that works powerfully in me, that should give you hope. 
That should give you uh, a, like, a, okay, I can do this because it's God doing this in me. Um, so this morning, uh, first service, like I, I, I saw his face in the back, but one way that discipleship happens is one-on-one or one-on-three or one-on-four, one-on-five. Um, and I had a guy in the service, Elijah, um, who was in the service, and he and I have spent the last several years together walking through, man, here's how do we uh, follow Christ using spiritual disciplines? How do we pray? How do we study God's Word together? And so he and I, uh, as a college student, he was a college student, and um, and so now, uh, you know, now we are going next week, he and I are traveling to Thailand and I'm, I'm excited about that because we're going to visit the Mayflower church. Um, we'll talk about that again next week, but, um, we're going to go visit them and I'm going to get a chance to walk with him through a missions experience, uh, together. So that's going to be really fun. And I can, um, kind of continue that investment that I've made in him. Um, and our church has a lot of different ways that we try to pour into discipleship, and we try to get um, all of us involved in that process. And one of them is regeneration. Paul mentioned it a minute ago. Um, we call it Regen for short, and they're out in the lobby. They're about to start a new group. We've got a, we've got a great team of people that work uh, in Regen, and uh, they're out in the lobby if you want to get to know them a little better or, uh, or find out how you can get involved. Uh, it's a great discipleship program where uh, deep issues that have, you know, like you've tried to get rid of them on your own and you just need to be in a group of people that are seeking the Lord together, man, that's a great, great group of uh, people to get involved with. Um, another, a couple of different other ways that our church um, like kind of sparks discipleship. One is grief share. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it, that would be it, but you know, many people have experienced loss and they are grieving and they need to, to know that others are walking alongside them. And so it's a discipleship process um, where they work through grief together. And so uh, Miss Debbie is an incredible lady that is uh, leading that effort. And uh, so if you want to get involved in grief share, um, they're starting that very soon as well. Um, we also uh, have mentioned men and women's retreats. Those are great times to get together and uh, just build friendships. And really, like at men's retreat, we're going to make some memories together where uh, you'll just have that, like in your past. Like, so I feel like I can get me more open with you because we've had memories together. And same with the, the ladies' retreat. It's just getting away together and spending uh, quality time. Um, our life groups and, and us. Our life groups are a great way, and sometimes the life groups are huge. Um, we actually have two groups that are like this that, are, that have a lot of people in them. Uh, we can't barely get uh, enough chairs in the room. Uh, but those are just moments where we can spark um, those relationships where, uh, yeah, it's a big group here and there's teaching, but then we can uh, meet those people who are um, in those discipleship areas that we uh, need to be a part of. So like if I meet someone in the group and then we go taking those down to a small group like here, um, if you want to meet at the crack of dawn with us at Whataburger, you can do that. And that's Elijah right there on the right. Um, but these are ways to get us plugged in with smaller groups of people that, that we can really pursue the Lord with, be honest with. Uh, hey, hold me accountable. I need, I need help resisting sin, fleeing temptation, um, I, I want to learn how to pray. I want to learn how to study my Bible. I want to learn how to lead a group of, of people um, in, in pursuit of Jesus. I mean, these are great ways to do that. Um, so hopefully we're feeding into those smaller group relationships. So one of the other things is um, there's barriers to discipleship. I mentioned before, like you may be thinking, man, Blake, I, I don't think I can do this discipleship thing that you're talking about. I don't think I can be a teacher and have a learner. Well, okay. 
um, then, then maybe you need a, a teacher for a time, and then they can show you how to teach others also. That's how that multiplication just goes. So a couple of other barriers to uh, either evangelism, sharing your faith, uh, or discipleship is, man, maybe I don't know enough. Well, uh, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you've got something to share. If you've had an encounter with God, you've got something to share. Uh, Blake, I'll make a mistake. Yes, you will. <laughs> I know because I've done it. Um, you will make a mistake, but they're not unrecoverable mistakes. You remember whose strength that we're leaning on. Remember in Colossians 1, we lean on the strength that comes from Jesus. Okay? So never forget that. Um, what about, I won't have the answer to all of their questions. Well, that's going to happen too, because you don't know everything, and neither do I, right? And so if we wait to do discipleship until we know everything, when are we going to start, right? Like, I can't wait until I know all of the things, um, but um, you know someone who knows the things, right? You know that person that you're watching as they pursue Jesus, um, I will share and someone will make fun of me. Well, that was kind of promised uh, when Jesus said, there's going to be trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. The disciples even counted it like, hey, woohoo, we did it. We got persecuted for Jesus. Like they were celebrating and they had just been beaten and flogged. I mean, this is, uh, this is our, our joy. Um, I will share and, and they won't respond uh, or, or they will reject God outright. Well, that's true too. Our, our part in that is an obedience to Jesus, following his commands. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And we love Jesus, so we're obeying our, his commands. And some will choose to rebel against Jesus. Some will choose rebellion instead of Jesus. Some will choose uh, to reject God. And that's not up to us. That's part of the Holy Spirit and the Father drawing them to himself, right? But we are obedient in sharing and, and uh, multiplying and making disciples. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I, I mentioned a, a moment ago that um, Paul had Barnabas. Paul had someone that he was walking alongside arm in arm. He had a guy named Barnabas and a guy named Onesimus that they walked alongside and did ministry together, served together. So who is your, who is, uh, who is your uh, Barnabas? Who's your Onesimus? Who is the guy or the girl who's walking alongside you and y'all are serving the Lord together? Um, our church does that so well. Like, it's so neat to see all of the serving that goes on here. But who are you serving the Lord together? Who are you sharing the gospel with together? Who are you praying with together? Um, Paul also had Timothy. He had someone he's pouring out on. He's someone he's pouring into, uh, sharing how to, how to pray, how to lead people, how to uh, preach the word, how to study his Bible, um, how to make disciples that make disciples, right? That's Paul telling Timothy, my spiritual son in the faith. So who is your Timothy? Like who, who's somebody that you're investing in? You're being intentional. You're, you're, you're putting those coatings of seasoning on them to help protect them and make them a more useful tool for the Lord. Who is that person? Who are you praying for? Uh, so who's your Paul? Who's your, uh, or who's your Barnabas? But then who's your Paul? Who is the person that you're watching as they imitate Christ and, and you're following them? Who's your Paul? Um, it was neat to watch my wife when we first got married. She started pouring into sixth graders and she'd meet them in, at McDonald's, right? 
uh, in the morning. She'd meet him at McDonald's and meet him every day, and their parents would drop him off at McDonald's. Can't do this anymore. Parents would drop him off at McDonald's, and then she would take him to school and drop him off at school. And I don't know, maybe you can't do that. Can you do that? I don't know. Uh, but, but she would spend time pouring in and investing in these young ladies, and it's, it's fun to see her spot them on Facebook and just see where they are in their spiritual walks because she had a part in establishing that and beginning that. So it's neat to see that. Uh, me with Elijah and getting to, to take him to Thailand with me and just see how God is working in his life um, is so, so good. And, and it's, it brings joy uh, to, my, to my life and would to yours as well. Um, so I want us to think about, man, who's my Paul? Who's investing in me? Who's my, my brother in Christ my, or sister in Christ, my, my Barnabas? Who's, who's arm in arm with me and we're serving together? And then who are we intentionally pouring out to? Who are we investing in? Um, and I think if we uh, start beginning to think about that, we rely on Jesus for his strength, God will open up incredible doors for us, and we will see multiplication happen, and we will see people come to know Jesus. And that's what we're about. Um, it's attainable. It's like God's called you to it. Let him give you the power to do it. Um, so who are you praying? Who are you praying for? Who are you praying into this room? Um, so I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't know if you've already made a decision to follow Christ or if, or if you know that Jesus' work on the cross is the only thing that makes you right with God. Uh, um, if, if so, um, we would love to talk to you down here, down front in a minute when we sing um, our last song. But if you want to pray, if you need to come down front and pray and just talk to the Lord and say, hey, I want to pray for this person. They, you put them on my heart and I want to start a discipleship relationship with them. You've got something to teach them, but God, I need your help. Come, please come pray. If you have someone else that you, or something else, another need that you need to pray for, we've got people over here in the corner that would love to pray with you. Um, if you've talked with Lance and our welcome home team and you're ready to join our dysfunctional family, uh, who are uh, dysfunctional people who are trying to follow Jesus the best we can, empowered by the Spirit. And man, we're, we're Lord, help, help us as we pursue you. Um, if you want to join our family, we would love for you to, to come down and, and do that as well. So let's, let's sing this song uh, together. <laughs>